Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the AHA Moments Radio Show for the inspiration, education, and celebration of enlightened living worldwide with your host, Mariana Cooper, founder of AHA Moments International and ahamomentsworld.com. Tune in for the next hour and learn to trust your AHA Moments to lead the way to live a passionate and purposeful life. And now here's your host, Mari. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the AHA Moments radio show for the inspiration, education, and celebration of enlightened living worldwide. I'm Mari. Happy Tuesday. And I cannot get over the technology issues I am having right now. I cannot get my computer to work, so I literally have not even on the board for the show. I'm just talking into the phone at this point. And um, so I just had to call Sam and get the number, and oh, my gosh, I literally got in here five seconds before the intro started. So, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Okay, breathe, Mari, breathe. It's like panic. Anyway, happy Tuesday. Today is the first day, well, actually the second day of Mercury in retrograde. And um, and that's going until June 11th. And, you know, it's hitting hard here. So just uh, batting down the hatches. I was actually going to go into the zone of, okay, I'm not going to deal with Mercury in retrograde this time. I'm going to pretend it's not happening. And, um, and like yesterday when I was setting up the show, it literally wiped out the entire description of the show three times. I had to re-enter the whole thing um, three times. So anyway, here we go off into the next three weeks of this. Um, but in any event, tonight's show is Will versus Grace, How to Solve Your Problems Energetically. And um, and this one is a real important show to me. I know that, um, you know, I have a lot of clients. I've gone through it myself where you feel like you're just hitting the bottom. Like you are just, you're all tapped out for answers, you're all tapped out for energy, and you really just need, uh, you know, that lift, that support. And and, and, you've, and the thing that's really interesting, especially when you are smart and when you've been studying for a long period of time of this kind of stuff, you start to try to use force or what we call will to make it happen. You know, we hear from uh, two schools of thought. Usually we turn to two places when we, I can't get over how slow my computer's place is, when, we, um, when we're looking for, for help and support, right? We, a lot of times we'll turn to, well, three places, formal religion, we'll turn to spirituality, and we'll also turn to personal development. So the personal development space is usually like someone like Tony Anthony Robbins or um, who are some of the other real good, you know, like, um, oh, gosh. Uh, I'm going to just stick with Tony because I'm not thinking exactly, I'm not thinking of all the different people. But like Tony Robbins is a great example because he talks about massive action, you know, just go at it, go at it, go at it, you know, leave no stone unturned, you know, kind of punch your way through to success, you know. And then there's someone like a Joel Osteen, who I was talking about last week, which is all about, you know, faith and leave it up to God and, you know, he's the, he's on the throne and you just have to show up and, 
And then you have the the, the um, spirituality space, which is kind of the two combined. You have the, you know, we're co-creators and we have to take, you know, massive action to um, to get this thing to, you know, come to fruition. But we also have to relax and let go and let go and let God. And those combination, that spin of kind of do everything and do nothing can get very, very frustrating. It can get very, very frustrating. So today what I wanted to talk about was how, when is it, when is the time to use your might and when is the time to chill and to allow, okay? And there is a fine balance between the two. There's a very fine balance between the two. We hear so much, and I, you know, it's it's been one of my biggest frustrations because, you know, as a business person, you are about taking action. You know, you're thinking, okay, I'm supposed to go and, you know, I have all these expectations on me, and we've got to produce this much product or this much content, and we have all these deadlines and timelines and numbers to meet and all that kind of stuff. And then you have this kind of more altruistic approach where you have. Um, the desire to give from your heart and the desire to go with the flow and the desire to honor the timing and things, like the divine timing and things. And so, you know, if and sometimes when you're muscling your way through, you get great re- results. You know, you're like, yeah, you know, I, I decided to just go that extra mile and just pump out that extra, you know, octane and boom, the result happens. Then there's other times when you go to that and you hit a dead end. You hit a wall. There's times when you say, okay, I'm going to just let it all go. I'm just gonna, I just don't know what else to do. I'm going to let it all go. And when you let it go, there's, you know, when you let it go, all of a sudden some big crescendo happens. You know, you receive so the, 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 the reward or the, whatever it is you were attempting to do. Other times you let go. And nothing happens. And then you panic and you make a kind of snap decision and you get sort of a temporary solution, right? You get a temporary solution, but you don't get the full-on thing that heals the whole. The whole. So I went into my channeling space and I started to ask about this. And, what, and I got a very, very interesting answer. And that answer was, you don't need to have all the faith for us. You don't need to have all of the faith for us. What we need is just a tiny bit of faith. We need the faith of a mustard seed. And then let us give the other 80%. So you give up 20% of faith and we'll make up the other 80%. Because that faith is the vulnerability that you that you create so you have that little 20 percent of faith and then there's 80 percent empty so for us it feels empty right it feels like oh my you know i i i got nothing for um for our guides though it's like oh she's given us space to work She's given a space to work. She's opened up a space for us to 
create what she's asking for, what he's asking for. And when that space opens up, that's when the real miracles can actually take place. And I'm not talking about the Band-Aids, okay? I'm not talking about the Band-Aids. What I'm talking about is the genuine, long-term healing. And I want you to think about your biggest issues right now. And I want you to think about what are you asking for? I found that I was always asking for meantime money. I was always making the assumption that my bigger goals were really far off in the distance and that I needed to have a way to have, you know, money in the meantime. And that money in the meantime mentality lasted for a decade and a half (laughs) because I was always, you know, on this entrepreneurial path that really didn't have a direct line, right? Not like my corporate career did where you're just trying to go up the ladder and, you know, get the better job and the better job and the better job. So what ultimately happened was I realized that I was always living off of gigs, you know, one gig to the next gig, and then big gaps in between the gigs. And what you, you know, and and so what does that produce? That produces temporary fixes. It produces a very unbalanced situation. And it produces a very unpredictable kind of a life. It also undermines your confidence because you never really have enough resources for yourself to get all the way to your end results, to your end goals, okay? So the questions I started to ask were, well, and and I want you to think about this really more for yourself. It doesn't matter so much what I did, but you want to start asking for, you know, for healing, and whatever it is, it could be if it's healing in your body, that's fine. But sometimes you're dealing with a relationship and you are looking for restoration in a relationship. So you can ask for healing in relationship. You can ask for healing in your finances. You can ask for healing in your parenting. You can ask for whatever the, the, the problem that you're facing is, even legal, whatever. Whatever that problem is that you're facing, you can ask for healing. Okay? And that healing is the first line to restoration and the first line to your solution. And it's very, very important that you do that because once you do, then it opens up a whole different space. Now, in our mental minds, we have a tendency to go into um, a, a place of I've got to make it happen And we also have that ulterior motive voice, the voice that says, you know, I'm not going to, um, it's not going to work. You don't deserve it. You know, anything that you've done in the past isn't going to work now. Or all the stuff you did in the past is the reason why this is happening and you deserve to be failing now. Or you deserve to not have whatever it is you're asking for. You deserve to be in a place of lack. You deserve to be in this, this, you know, locked horn stalemate. Okay? And that piece, that piece right there, that ego, that inner critic, you know, they, the Bible, you know, the people, the religious people call it the enemy, the devil, whatever. The, the spiritual people call it the ego, you know, and, and the, um, the uh, personal development people, you know, 
call it your negativity, you know, and your baggage, all that kind of stuff. But whatever that, you know, the paradox, the paradox that, that opposing force that um, is working against you, that piece is the piece that really is giving us uh, the, the confusion, okay? And that piece, as soon as it sees space, that piece identifies, so we, so, let, so we, you take the 20%, right? So you take the faith and you say, okay, I'm going to have faith in it. And then you've got 80% space. Now, from, you know, God, all that is, the universe, your guys, your angels, Jesus, whoever it is, you know, that God, like Mr. Dredi always said, the God of your understanding, takes that space and it's literally a canvas of creation. So it's like, oh, good. And if you keep breathing Faith into that space, and you create. And the way that you breathe faith into that eighty percent space, gratitude and surrender, a release, allowance. Okay, gratitude and allowance. You're saying thank you, and if you don't feel vulnerable, you're probably muffling it. That was a major distinction that was made in the channel. Okay, so that so the real so the real successful way, the way that you get the full success is if, if it was a perfect world and we had no doubt and we had no fears and we had no negative, you know, uh, negative emotions whatsoever, we would be able to take our 20% faith, we put out our intention, we'd have our 20%, okay, I, you know, I don't know if this is going to happen, but I'm going to have faith that it is, and then we give that, that big balloon 80% of space. And the way that we keep pumping air into that balloon is through gratitude. Thank you. Thank you for providing me with the new XYZ. Thank you for providing me with a new job of my dreams. Thank you for providing me with a new uh, spouse. Thank you for providing me with a new house. Thank you for providing me with the cash or whatever it is. And you're breathing space into that balloon. You're breathing air into that balloon or helium into that balloon, right? You're just pumping it in because that's your gratitude. Balloon itself is expanding and it's being filled up by that that source energy that you don't have any, you know, you don't have any control over that. You have to admit it. It's just like, you know, flying in an airplane. Once you're sitting and you're strapped into that chair, (laughs) the dude flying the plane is the one who's in control and you're the passenger. You still have faith you're getting there. You're still seeing your destination. When I get off this plane, I'm going to, you know, get to the hotel and get my bathing suit, my flip-flops, and I'm going to go into the water as soon as I can, or I'm going to go to the casino, I'm going to have a drink or whatever it is. But you have an intention of what's going to happen once you're there. But you are at the mercy of that, you know, you're allowing that pilot to do its job. You're not bum-rushing the the cockpit. (laughs) You're not banging down the door. You know, you are literally asking, you're allowing. You know, you say, okay, here's my destination. Now I'm going to fly. And I'm going to just be thankful that I'm going to get on the ground in one piece. I'm going to be thankful that my bags are going to come out first on the conveyor belt, you know, whatever. But turbulence sometimes, and you just sort of say, okay, and you breathe through it, and then you land, and you're off to your destination. You're off to the next journey, the next piece of the journey. Well, that's the best world. Now, Here's what happens when we don't do it that way, which is the way we, you know, most of us have, you know, done this, is we get an idea, we feel like, okay, here's my 20% faith or less, and then instead of the 80% being left to be faith, our will, our negative energy, our, um, 
you know, whatever those things are, are you know, the, 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 the ego, all those things, it tries to, it, see, it misidentifies the space of the 80% where the creativity is supposed to happen from the, from the energy that we can't see. It tries to hijack that space and fill it up with its own opinion. So it may fill it up with, okay, I've got to go do this, and I've got to muscle that, and I've got to do this, and I've got to try that, and I get to this, and this isn't going to work, and that's going to work. And then on top of it, it packs in all the negative energies, all of the, the recurring thoughts. Oh, you don't deserve this. Oh, you're never going to get this. Oh, this never worked before. Oh, what's going to happen if this doesn't happen? And it fills it up with the catastrophic. It'll fill it up with competition, competitive thoughts. Oh, this one, I got it, and that one didn't, this one. And I knew that this one was, and that, and it, okay, and it fills it up with that. It fills it up with the doubt. It fills it up with the past. It says, oh, in the past, you know, you've been through this before. This isn't your first rodeo with failure. You know, you've been through this before, and now, you know, you're, you're, you're in big trouble because this is just not going to work, and you better, you, better, you better muscle it. You better, you know, you better wrestle it down to the ground. You better figure this out. And what that does is it literally corrupts that space. It's like polluting a pond. It's like pouring gasoline or an oil slick. It's like an oil spill into that space. So instead of having that clear aquarium where you have some seahorses floating around, some angelfish and some, you know, stingrays and whatnot, you have an oil slick pouring it, pouring it. And so your intention gets darker and darker, muddier and muddier, and more confused. And then you start to wonder, should I even want this? Well, that other person tried it and they, it didn't work for them and all of that. Okay, so when we talk about will, will when it's used properly can be translated into courage, into tenacity, into persistence, where you say, okay, I'm going to keep showing up. I'm going to keep showing up. Made a mistake. Didn't make it this time. I'm going to keep showing up. Grace is when you let that space be clear and you want to identify it appropriately as space and not emptiness. When you allow that 80% to do its job and you allow that space to be filled with grace, with that filled with the divine energy, it'll get you there faster. It'll get you there higher to the, to the highest version of what it is you can, you're trying to put your head around, what you're asking for. It'll put you in the right place at the right time and the right people, okay? And it will provide. That's the grace. If you, you know, we're taught, especially in America, and and I say smart people and educated people and people who are in, you know, but I, I think it's just in general, the Western thought is you always get rewarded for the answer. You know, when you're in school, the one who has all the answers, the kid that has all the right answers, the right answers, is the one that's the most rewarded. When you're in a corporate job or in any kind of major job, that's it's got to be the right answers. That's what you're rewarded for. And if you ask, if you ask questions, then you can often look like you don't know what you're doing. But in this work, the question is where the power is. The question is where the power is. Okay. So what you want to do is when we're thinking about will versus grace, you want to appropriately use your will. And you want to appropriately allow 
for grace. You don't want to pit them against each other. Okay? And that's the point of today's conversation, is that when you when they go one versus the other, it locks horns, and then all you have is no visible results and a whole lot of anxiety. Okay? And that doesn't get anybody anywhere. The antidote to this is to um, allow. And is to, and the allowance happens when you say, okay, I'm going to, I only have to be in faith. I'm choosing faith. If I choose will, that means I'm going to do 100% of the work. If I do choose faith, then that means I'm going to do 20% by holding the vision and the intention. And I'm going to allow the 80% to be faith. And I, nine times out of ten, will perceive that open space and feel vulnerable. I will feel a sense of vulnerability. I will feel a sense of the unknown, of not knowing how it's going to work out. Okay, And when I feel that sense of unknown, I might misidentify that as a dangerous place. But really, when I'm educated the way you're being educated now, you can now appropriately redirect that energy, okay? Redirect that energy to knowing that this is a place of grace, and that the power comes in the allowance. It's not being lazy. It's not being crazy. It's not being, you know, uh, lost or, or confused. Or It's about allowing and standing in faith, and it's actually way more powerful than your will could ever be. Because it's coming from that heart space. It's coming from a, from a very deep, deep within. Okay? And this is a huge lesson. If you can master this, or when you master this, you will see all kinds of miracles happen. You really, really, really will. Because now, you know, in the spiritual space, we talk about co-creating. We talk about creating together with something else. But most of the time, when we get hit that point of unknown, we also feel like we've hit a point of no return and we have to fill it in because we have to have the answers in order to be right. In order, you know, we have to muscle it. And if you can drop the muscling and add in the allowing, you'll see major, major miracles happen. Okay, so with all of that, my screen has finally come up. I can't believe I just did all that talking and I just had to troubleshoot my computer simultaneously at the same time. Oh, my God. Okay, okay. so what we're going to do is take a quick break and then we're going to come back and we'll start some readings. Um, if you'd like to call in to ask a question tonight, the number is uh, 347-215-9485. That's 347 215 Nine four 
888-646-8685. So, I'm Mari. You're listening to the AHA Moments Radio Show, and we'll be right back. Back in time to the very beginning, before life as we know it existed. Stones have been on this earth since before the inception of man. They are keepers of ancient wisdom and messages. Tap into the profound wisdom of stones and let your journey begin at the Rock Girl Sacred Stone School. Let the Rock Girl take you back to those ancient days to learn firsthand the language and the secrets of stones. The Rock Girl will teach you how to develop your very own technique of communicating with them, allowing you to embark on your own path of self-discovery. Courses include Reiki, psychic development, chakra balancing and auric cleansing, hands-on healing, and more. Visit sacredstoneschool.com for classes and workshops taught exclusively by The Rock Girl of therockgirl.com. ever get a hunch about something and ignore it, only to find out later you were right after all? Do you know that you're intuitive but need help interpreting what you get? Need quick answers to burning questions but don't have the time to wait for a private reading? Then Mari's Intuitive Living Oracle Cards are the tool for you. 45 gorgeous laminated cards and a full book of interpretations come together in a beautiful velvet bag. The cards have been designed and energized to give you the answers right now. No more sleepless nights weighing pros and cons. Ask the cards your questions and see what message your intuition has for you. To learn more and get your deck now, go to the store at www.ahamomentsinc.com and click on the intuitive living cards now. That's the store at ahamomentsinc.com. The answers are truly within your reach. Living the life you are really meant to live? Soul Lifetimes Magazine is your online source for creating the life you truly desire. When you register for your free subscription at www.soullifetimes.com, you get access to a world of resources that will help you to get the answers you seek and inspire you to take charge of your world. Tap into your body, mind, and spirit with articles from some of the most well-known conscious thought leaders and teachers on metaphysics, soul talk, soulmate relationships, quantum healing, astrology, food for the soul, style, and more. When you join us to create a joyful lifestyle for a new way of being, you truly contribute to raising the consciousness of the world. Subscribe for free at www.soullifetimes.com and never miss an issue of this innovative and insightful digital magazine. Soul Lifetimes Magazine is about living happier, healthier lives full of purpose, joy, and abundance. Subscribe now for free at www.soullifetimes.com. We look forward to seeing you there. Are you at a crossroads in your life? Facing big decisions about your life purpose, business, relationships, or other major issues? Are you wondering why you may be delayed in getting what you want? 
or if you have special guides who are helping you, then investing in a private intuitive reading with Mari is just what you need. As a third-generation spiritual intuitive, Mari has worked with thousands of clients over the past 18 years. During your private session, you will learn who your guides are, receive insight on the core issues that need attention, and get new perspective, clarity, and inspiration on what to do next. To register, go to www.ahamomentsinc.com and click on the Work with Mari tab to get all of the details. There are a limited number of spots each month, so go to www.ahamomentsinc.com for yours now. Hello, we're back. I'm Mari. You're listening to the AHA Moments Radio Show. And today we're talking all about will versus grace, how to solve your biggest problems energetically. And um, if you'd like to call in and ask a question, we have a few of you here on the line already and ready, all queued up, ready to go to ask. You can call in at 347-215-9485. So, you know, um, I wanted to just, review because it's this such an important topic such an important topic that can get there especially when you get more advanced in the spiritual work that can really get in um it can really get confusing because you start to ask these questions of yourself you start to second guess you know and it's either am i asking a question or am i second guessing Am I supposed to be, you know, waiting or am I supposed to be taking action, all right? So there's a time, and I think we talked about this last week, where there, you know, we're talking about the navigation system and kind of having that that lag time where you're just supposed to be on the road before you get to that next exit. And that really comes into play with this. It really, really comes into play with this because as you... um, as you're going through these processes, that space can take time to develop. However, you will get along the way in that 80%, when that 80% is doing its thing and, you know, it's all working everything out, you will get signs, you will get symbols, you will get synchronicities, you will get uh, meet people, you'll get support along the way in, in how, you know, some way, somehow. And if you just, if you can let it, if you can handle it without filling it with an oil spill, without cannibalizing the work that, the good work that you've done, you can allow the smaller pieces to come forward to let you know, yes, you're on the right track. This is configuring. Okay. And that's what you want to be looking for when you're kind of in that space of you've done your 20%. Now you're allowing the 80% to do its job. Okay. So you want to just keep your eyes peeled. And keep your focus on what it is you desire and gratitude. What it is you desire and gratitude. You know, assuming that it's already done. I know that's like a kind of a cliche in our spirituality world. But when they say you want to assume that what you're doing is you're holding on to your 20%. You're projecting. I don't want to say holding on because I don't want you to feel like you're gripping. But you're still projecting your 20%. When you say, okay, I already see myself in that house. I already see myself in that wonderful job. I already see myself married to that perfect person. I am 
holding my space. I'm holding my faith in this direction. Okay, I'm projecting my space. I'm projecting my faith. I'm projecting, you know, the screen of what this is going to match. And, if you know, it's funny. The, the guides just channeled something to me. Just a second. So, okay, so listen up. They just showed me. And I was like, oh, that's a really good point. They're like, okay, so think of yourself in an art class, a drawing class, and you've got the thing that you're drawing in the front of the class, bowl of fruit, naked guy, whatever, okay? Get your thing in the front of the class. And then you have the students, the artists, who are in the in the middle of the class with their, you know, medium of choice, their pens and their, you know, pencils and whatever, paints, and they're looking up at the model and then they're going back to the canvas and drawing it out. And they're looking at the model and they're creating it on the canvas. And they look up at the model and they create it on the canvas. Now, if you looked up at the class, the front of the class, and the model kept changing, one minute the model's standing, the next minute the model's sitting down, the next minute the model's standing on the head, the next minute the model's gone all together, the next minute it's a dog, now it's not a person, and the next minute it's a bowl of fruit, and then they switch it out, and they say, oh, God, then it's just a big black space, and then all of a sudden it's a big space, and then the the person that's putting all the stuff up at the front of the room starts yelling at the artist in the back of the room, like, why aren't you doing what I want? That's what it's like. That's what it's like. So you have to hold your vision very focused in the front of the room, artists can get it right on the canvas. And you know, good artists like to take what they call license to make whatever they're looking at in the front of the room look better than, you know, than what might be in the front of the room. They like to take creative license. Now, you could also, if you're going to do this vision work, of this art class, you could also, instead of putting a, you know, a model that can change and, you know, change form and, you know, stand up and sit down or bowl of fruit or whatever, something solid, you could flash a screen of a picture. So let's say you want to take a trip to Tahiti. Obviously, you know, you're not going to put the whole art class in Tahiti. You're going to flash a big, take a big screen and put that scene in Tahiti on the screen. Let the artist now work off the picture, the photograph. So for you, when you're doing this vision work and you're thinking, okay, my my 20% is flashing the picture, being the model, holding the model up, you know, being making sure the model is exactly what I'm desiring to show up on that canvas. And then the 80% is allowing the art class, you know, the artist to come up with whatever it is they're going to come up with from the focal point. So that's why it's important for you to hold on to your vision. Keep that focal point, okay? And the only will that's really involved with this is the accuracy of what your focal point is. So if you're saying, well, I want a new home, and you say, well, you know, I, I want to get, live in a log cabin in Seattle or in, in let's say, Wyoming. I want a log cabin on a lake. You know, and I want to go fishing every day and whatever. And you, you know, and you say, okay, to the artist, I want a new house. Artist like, okay, I guess a house across town, you know, in the middle of Times Square. Who knows? But if you say, no, 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 I want, then you say, oh no, that's not the house I wanted. I really wanted the log cabin on the lake. 
in Wyoming. They said, oh, well, you didn't say that. You just said you want a house. That's why they say get into the detail of the vision. So you're at the front of the art class, and you say, okay, what I'm looking for is a, big, a really pretty log cabin in the front, in the in the room, you know, in uh, uh, by the lake in Wyoming. And they said, oh, okay. And you have a picture of it. Oh, okay. Well, now we've got to duplicate the picture. Okay. You also, on that picture, you tell them, and here's the terms. So you might say, I want to own that house free and clear. I want to pay for that house in cash. I want to make sure that I own it, not rent it. You might say, I want to rent the villa in Paris. You know, I, I want to rent a place in, you know, Thailand. So you can, but you have to say the terms also so the artists know, okay. And what the way that would translate into an art class is, okay, I want this in pen and ink or I want this in pastels or I want this in oils or I want this in acrylics or I want this in, in, in you know, crayons or pencils or finger paints or whatever. But th- these are the, this is the medium that I want. I want it on canvas or I want it on, you know, uh, silk or I want it on, you know, silk screen or whatever. But you are giving them the medium to work with. So you're giving them the terms of what you want. So when you say, okay, I want the house and I want it on the lake in Wyoming and I want, you know, great weather, blah, 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 I want to be able to go fishing, you're giving them the terms. You're giving them the kind of the details around it. But also when we're dealing with our own energetic creations, our own energetic art studio, we are also putting in the emotion. So you're saying how you want to feel when you're in Wyoming in your log cabin with your fishing rod, you know, or whatever it is. Okay, so that's what you're telling the artist. I want to feel this. I want to feel warm. I want to feel connected to my family. I want to feel free. I want to feel like I don't have any, you know, financial burdens. I want to feel kind of off the grid. You know, I want to feel a release of burden. And so that's how, that's the model that you put at the front of the room. That's your 20%. You are giving creative direction to your team. Of artists. Okay, I was actually in the advertising business for a very long time, and I always had to do a creative brief for my teams. And I was on the corporate side, so I was like with AT and T, and then I was running all these big ad campaigns, and and so I had all these different ad agencies in New York City, and Madison Avenue, and I would go and meet with them, and we'd have a great lunch, and it'd be all shishi foo foo, and I would say, okay, here's our strategy, this is what we want, da 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 da, and then they say, oh, okay, Mari, and they would ask for the creative brief, we'd give it to them, and then they come back with the, what we call first round. And first round was the first round of their ideas of how to interpret what we were asking for in the brief. And then we'd say, okay, yeah, all right, so we're in the right direction, but we want this and this and not that and that. Now, you were really good at what you did, and you knew how to speak to artists in the way that artists speak, the way that they think, that creative brief could get you a really good execution, what we call in first round, meaning they got it right in first round, meaning they got it right the first try because the brief was so clear to them and then they were able to execute it and then they got it right. And then it was a little tweak here and a little tweak there and then it was ready to go to market. If you were not particularly good at translating what your vision was or you didn't know and then you threw something out at them then they kind of went off in their creative directions trying to sort out what you meant. Then they throw back something that's uh, not the right. 
And then you say, no, 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 I didn't, no, that's, that's, that's not it. I'll know it when I see it. Keep coming back with something. I'll know it when I see it. Keep... And then you have a mess. And it becomes very expensive because everybody's getting paid for their time. Right? So you really had to get very clear and clean about how to communicate with the artist. So me, I would go to the agency and say, I want to meet with the director of the art. I don't want to meet with the copywriters. I want to meet with the art guys and the photographers. And I want to talk to them face-to-face. I don't want the account executive in between. I don't need the middleman. She can sit there, but... I want to be able to have a conversation so they can really to them as I can. And we nailed it on first round just pretty much most of the time. You know, maybe we have some, some tweaks, but I even know like the teams that I use now for my business, we, you know, I, I, I know how to speak in that language, right? So we get it always on first round. You don't ever have to go three, four, five rounds with anything. So this is what you need to do when you're working with this will versus grace. Okay, now, there are other times when I have seen art campaigns go crazy, advertising campaigns go crazy, because the client starts to try to will and muscle the art team. They would go in and they would criticize everything and they would slash everything and they would say, wow, and they would expect their mind to be read and they would try to exert so much will and power that they would shut down the creativity of the art team and the art team would just try to march to what's going to get approved. They started to draw and target and do whatever, create the campaign around what do they think the guy is going to approve? What is he going to say yes to? Instead of what's the best execution that's going to work. And that's what you do when you will your ideas forward. Okay? Is you finally just, you start to, you just literally suffocate the energy out of them. So if, you know, we're going to get on to some readings now, but I wanted to make that point because they brought up, the guys brought it up now. And if you take an inventory of how you've been interrelating with whatever problems you're going through right now, the biggest problem, take the biggest one, and put it up in front of the room and show how do I want this to look when it's solved. Imagine yourself in an art studio and you've got the artist on one side of the room and you're in the front of the room and you flash a picture on that screen of what do you want to solve. It might be you holding the hands of the spouse and looking at the artist and smiling. It might be a, you know, a, a, a snippet of time that implies that all of these other things are in place. You know, it could be the, the new car you want or it could be the baby that you've, you've been wanting to have, whatever. But you want to make sure that you get up in the front of that room and it's very clear. And then you allow the artist to, get to, to, to work on it. Now, they may ask questions. How does the universe ask you questions? Okay, is this what you want? See, something comes up and you say, oh, that's close, but that's not quite it. I'm getting closer. I really, and then you know you go back into your meditation. You say, no, here's, here's what it is. This is what I want. And then it reconfigures, okay? So I want you to play with that. Let me know how that goes. And let's get on to doing some uh, some conversations here. So if you've been waiting on the line, thank you for waiting. And if you want to call in, it's 347-215-9485. So we are going to start off with Carissa in Kansas. Hi, Carissa. Hi. 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 How are you? Good. Hello. (laughs) Good. Can you hear me? What's your question? Yep, I can hear you fine. What's your question? Um, well, uh, I was listening to what you were saying with the will versus grace. And, um, I think I've 
come to realize that I've really been pushing. A lot of people say that I push myself too hard, but that I've been pushing other people too hard with my will, Mm -hmm. trying Mm -hmm. to um, really impose my truth. And I've, I've been kind of coming to that. So I guess my question is, because I can't see a vision. <laughs> like I don't have, I mean, I, ha- I my question is if I don't have a vision now because I've realized that I've been pushing people and not allowing them to just be and not appreciating their space, which has caused backlash for me, um, mm-hmm. how I can develop that picture. How can I, Redefine my beautiful question. Thank you for that. That's a really, really good question. So, and I'm, and it's nice that it has to do with the topic we're talking about. So that's great. So, um, when you are, um, whenever somebody comes to me and they start asking me immediately about people, relationship people, you know, whether it's work people or you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, or whatever it is, I always know that there's something within themselves that they're not working on because the people just always reflect what's going on within you, always. So if they're rejecting you, there's something you're rejecting yourself. If they're betraying you, in some way you're betraying yourself. If they're abandoning you, there's some way you're abandoning yourself. If they're celebrating you, in some way you're allowing celebration within yourself. So, you know, and, you know, we could go down every other, you know, emotion you want so what i would say is don't worry about the people what i would consider is what would the scenario look like where you were really happy that's the vision you want to put up i wouldn't try to plug in this person versus that person and this one you know needs their space and all that i would let all that go because they're just mirrors of you and i would focus on Okay, in whatever category you're referring to in your life, whether it's relationship or work or, you know, children, whatever it is, I would focus on what is the scenario that you want, what do you want that scene to look like? And that sometimes takes development. And if you can't see a scene of what you want it to look like, how do you want to feel? That's really the beginnings of it. You know, so sometimes um, it it requires that you, if you've been focusing all on relationship, 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 and that's not working out, sometimes it means that you're supposed to go back to career so that you can have, because with your career, you start to have more of a relationship with yourself. And you focus on, okay, what what would make the life I desire super happy and not codependent on the way anybody else is reacting to me? How can I create that life? And that may not be even from the career space. That might be how do you play? How do you, you know, it might be that you have a hobby you want to pursue, whatever. But you have to really create the life for you that really makes your own heart sing and be willing to be honest with yourself of what that really is. And I think you have, you're have you fine with vision, but I think you your will kind of flashes it with, I can't have that, so I'm not going to think about it before you even let yourself get the vision out. So I think you need to play with that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Can you go over that? Just uh, so what you're saying is, is because I do. You were talking earlier about how your will and grace can clash when your will 
Because you're talking about needing 20% faith. I feel like I have 100% faith, but there are definitely things that I do not have 100% faith in. Right. And when I think about it, um, I hardly have 20% faith in it. (laughs) So so I guess um, what you're saying is, is that my will is clashing because I because I don't believe, because I don't have that faith that well, you can't um, have faith. I'm not allowing. It's very, hard to have, it's very hard to have faith in something that hasn't happened yet. That's what they're saying, and that's why even in the Bible it says, we just, you know, Jesus says, just give me the faith of, faith of a mustard seed. I'll move them out. I just need a little bit of the faith. I just, the, the, the human expectation of a human in physical being is a mustard seed because they know that unless it's proven out in the physical world, having 100% faith in anything when you're in body is really not normal. It's not, it's not that it's totally impossible, but it's a lot more possible when you've had proof in the past. So like, you know, before you could walk, you, you watch all the adults walking, like, I wonder if I could do that. You know, you know well, you don't know. You know, you think maybe you could. Everybody says you'll eventually be able to do it, but you don't really know until you go walking across the floor. So, you know, you you give it a a good try, but that's 20% faith. You see the adults walking, okay, well, maybe I'll scooch. Okay, maybe I'll try to stand up. They're standing up, and then, you know, you stand up, you fall down, but you don't give up. So that's the point. And um, I'm going to have to jump on to the next person. I would say listen to the podcast again because you'll probably get it a little better when you listen to the playback. Um, but I think you're on the right track because you're asking the right questions. And I wouldn't worry so much about the percentages. I would worry, I would focus more on your own personal vision and just making sure that you, now you have an awareness that 80% of that space is the canvas of creation and the vision that you have is just what you're holding up at the front of the room for that canvas create on. Okay, so I'm going to have to jump off because we have a bunch of other people on the line. So I hope that's helped. Yes, thank you. Have a great night. (laughs) You are so welcome. You are so welcome. Okay, she had a really good question, and I know that that's, um, you know, a lot of people say I don't have a vision. A lot of times, I think everybody really does have a vision, but we have a tendency to use our will to kill it before we allow ourselves to, to see it. So that's where you need to just get very quiet, go out to a place in nature, get a notebook, and be really honest, really, really honest. And when you start to feel it in your tummy, you start to feel that flutter in your heart, and then you almost feel sometimes you'll get that negative voice that kind of sideswipes it. When you hear that, oh, you could never do that, that's the thing. That's the thing, okay? All right, so next we have um, Gavin in New York. Hi, Gavin. Hi, Mari. How are you? <laughs> um, better after hearing your call. Oh, good. I, <laughs> yeah, and one of my sort of side points was my not being able to um, form my vision. Mm-hmm. And you just addressed that beautifully for me. Um, oh, good, good, good. There's, I'm coming out of a, I'm in my 60s, and I'm just coming out of a, um, a long place of, of victimhood 
and focusing mm-hmm. on negativity. Mm-hmm. Um, or and not necessarily, well, focusing on it, but it's it's like been part of me. Right. And I'm just starting to do a few things like I was juicing today, and I'm just taking, but that also is like taking a will to change my habits. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I was wondering if, and my, when I'm listening to some of these shows or when I'm reading, my faith can be large. The, it's almost like the minute I stand up and start walking around, mm-hmm. it disappears. It's, it's like being schizophrenic. And mm-hmm. I don't know that that's the right word, but it's like things split into two yeah. things. Because you run your your day by your will, and then your grace gets a word in edgewise when you sit and listen to a show. You know, mm. but you you feel very safe. It's a very safe place to be in the victim, and you know, it's very very safe. It's very cozy. It's cozy because there's all kinds of you know there's inertia. You don't have to move. You're not you know sometimes you're not even leaving the house. You know you can sort of just sit and you know you know like a cat licking its leg. You know you're just sitting there. You know you are, and everybody's out to get you anyway. So that means you shouldn't even move because you want to. You know you can justify so much of the 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 uh, inertia, stillness, and blah, blah, blah. So you're taking that step forward, but that somewhere in all of that, you got to held a new vision for yourself up at the front of the room and said, how do I get out of this? And that, and then the art team said, oh, let's start self, self-care self is the first thing. So now you're starting to juice. Now you're starting to listen to shows. You're starting to ask the right questions. Well, why is it when I listen to a show, I feel expansion, and when I get off the show, I feel constriction and contraction. And it's because you kind of default and your screensaver is idling on it can't work for me. And now you're just going through a transition of I'm changing my paradigm where I'm going to say, yes, it can work for me. And I realize I don't have to be perfect because the will always says if you're not perfect at it, it's not worth doing. And Mm -hmm. so when you get off the call, you say, oh, well, that sounded really good for Mari, but I... (laughs) <laughs> you know, and it's so much easier just to sort of sit there and say, well, let's listen to the podcast again. And, well, now she's contradicted herself, so I don't know if I should trust it because she just said one story. Now she said the other story, and that sounds like the opposite of the first story. So, uh, you know, that kind of thing, and you just get into the spin. And that spin goes along with victimhood because victimhood and analysis and analysis paralysis and justification of all the analysis paralysis, finding all the negative things that have happened to everybody else, you're collecting negative information, that all goes into that one pot. It's a hard... Now you've taken a step out of that. Remember that, you know, if your muscles are used to going in one direction, you have to train them to go in the other. Yeah. And training means that, you know, you you put in the right direction and it snaps back. And you put it in the right direction, and it snaps back. Then you put it in the right direction, and it holds a little bit longer this time, and it snaps back. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then, yeah. But then you know, you know faster when it's snapping back, so you stop it before it snaps all the way back. And that's how healing goes. So you're looking for that all or nothing, and I think that's what happens to people when they listen to these shows. I've seen, I've done, you know, well over 600 episodes of shows now, and I've seen it, you know, in, in classes and with other, you know, business partners of mine and stuff. And we see it over and over and over and over and over again. And even in the classes I take myself and for myself, we have this expectation that once we get the epiphany in our head, 
oh, yeah, that makes sense. You got the art at the mountain hole in the front of the room and the art at the canvas and they're doing the drawings and oh, oh, yeah, I get it, I get it, I get it. Like we're going to have an instantaneous change with all of our life. You know, like, okay, I got it in my head. My mental mind finally said, oh, yeah, boom, I had a V8. There it is. <laughs> but we then expect our muscles that are used to going in a complete opposite direction to just pony up. And remember that you have been telling yourself for a really long time, whether you consciously did it or not, that being the other, that old way, the victim way, was safe. That's the only reason why you do it. It's safe. You know, it's very yeah. safe to be like that. So now that that what goes along when you go into the art studio, okay, what goes along with the art studio and having those set of, that set of artists is the vulnerability of the person standing up at the front of the room. I have to do a photo shoot next week for my cover, for my book. And I've been talking to my photographer, and I said, I, I hope you know that you're also a therapist because it's stressful think about being on the cover of a book that's going to like outlive you and you know like you got to get it right oh my god and um and she said you know you have no idea of how many people say that because the subject is vulnerable because you don't know what the artist is going to make you look like when they're done so when you put that vision up on the screen and you say to god jesus whoever else is you know your creative team of angels or whatever you consider to be in that team okay bring this vision to fruition, you're waiting to see the first round of what they have come up with. It's a vulnerable place. It does not feel safe. And if you feel safe, you're probably in your old habits. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So what I'd like you to do when you go into your meditation is to ask your guides to help you to feel safe with a healthy sense of vulnerability and and being willing you know and this is for everybody listening being willing to live with the ambiguity in america in particular it's very hard for us to live with ambiguity because we're very 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 driven for results you know before after she was this fat she was this skinny now you know it's all, they don't talk about all the days in between you know the 250-pound picture and the 110-pound picture, they don't talk about all the days, trials and tribulations, the backslides. They don't talk about all that. It's just before, after. We're kind of, in in the U.S. in particular, we're very driven like that. So we have a tendency, and, and also, listen, when you're being marketed to with all these shows and everything, you know, to get people to listen to the show, we're going to solve everything instantaneously, and if you don't feel it, then you've got to come back again, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So you have to give yourself a, some space to, to to practice. I'm going to jump off because I realize I'm looking at the time, but I hope that's helped a little bit. And, uh, oh, it's been again, very helpful, and I'm very grateful. Oh, thank you. I'm grateful yeah. for you as well. Keep us posted on how you do, Gavin. I will. Thanks, Mari. Okay, take care. Have a great night. Okay, everybody. Well, I guess we have come to yet the end of yet another AHA Moments radio show. I don't want you. I want you to do a, a favor for me. This Mercury and retrograde. I want you to put it out of your mind. Put it out of your mind, and I want you to create like what we were talking about today. Really, flash that thing up on the screen. Focus on it, and ask if you get stuck. Ask for clarity. Ask for courage. Ask for willingness. 
ask for the acceleration of your results, okay? And then give lots and lots of gratitude. Gratitude makes them draw faster, all right? So until next time, same time, same place, I will bid you adieu with my motto, which is you truly can have exactly what you want. You absolutely deserve it too. And in this new energy, anything is possible. Take care, everybody. See you next week. You've been listening to the AHA Moments Radio Show with your host, Mari. Be sure to visit her blog and website at www.ahamomentsinc.com. That's A-H-A, moments with an S, inc.com. Also join Mari on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash ahamomentsinc and Twitter at twitter.com slash ahamoments. We can't wait to see you there.